in 2005, the NRA stormed this region, and people were in the camp. Children were not going to school. Children were full everywhere. Because of the result of the war, people hardly suddenly get in what to cook and what to put on. That means they cannot afford medical care for their family. They cannot afford school fees either for their children. 20 years ago, this community was known for witchcraft, prostitution. The community was under the influence of HIV. Parents had died, children were fatherless, some are motherless. People believed in the traditional gods. People died of diseases because of lack of uh, proper medical facilities. As church planters, we had a problem of untrained pastors. We want to thank God for our partnership with the Mariners. In 2008, the team came and started registering children, taking the children to school. The Mariners started sending funds to buy the land. We started the construction uh, of the temporal structure behind me here. They started sending the medical team. When we started this partnership with uh, the Cornerstone Alabama Church, today so we have over 300 students that are being sponsored by the Cornerstone Alabama Church. Today the Cornerstone Medical Center sees over 100 clients every month. We have over 400 people that are attending church service here. This includes the students and as well as the community members. And when the partnership with Austin Ridge Bible Church began, our church being built and our numbers of the church has grown to over a thousand, both women, men and children. We have school constructed and our children get to school and then they are able to get medical attention. Patternedwiz can be Christian church and we have more than 500 children who have been sponsored and majority of them have been graduated to higher institutions, universities and colleges. This story started changing when the partnership of Maranatha Bible Church started. Uh, we, we've seen um, people give their lives to Christ. We currently have uh, 218 sponsored children in the program. Children receive gifts and families are empowered. There are over 65 students have graduated. Pastor Peter sending us some visitors from First Bible Church. They introduced us to the Mobile Bible School. We have graduated now 70 pastors. They decided to give us the sponsorship program. We have 277 children which are being sponsored in this place. When we partnered with the New Life Church through Arm USA, uh, we were able to receive a church structure and now we have children and people coming to fellowship. We have had a number of uh, children sponsored up to a tune of uh, 310 and uh, for the past over 10 years we have seen children being transformed through the CDP program. On behalf of Mercy Network Uganda, I would like to appreciate Children's Hunger Fund for the number of years you've partnered with Africa Renewal Ministries. Thousands of families have benefited from the feeding program. 
a number of families have been empowered spiritually and many of them have accepted Christ as their savior. A number of families have benefited from the economic empowerment programs that we've been running in several communities. We want to appreciate the generosity that you've always given to us to reach out, to expand our scope of operation in the relief programs that we've been running in Ajumani and in Karamoja. May the Lord bless you so much. Since the times of Dr. Wenz's visit here and his generosity in establishing Wenz Medical Center, so many others have joined in serving, in healing, and I celebrate every life that is healed, every healthcare worker that is encouraged, and every medical center that is established. Over 40,000 people being seen every year in our health facilities. It's amazing. Many doors have opened for African University. You've engaged us, you've engaged different partners, and because of that, many accomplishments have been done at the university. We have uh, partners like Rocky Peak that gave us funds to construct a football pitch that is now in use. We have many partners that contribute to construction of this building where we are standing right now. We've been able to get the resources that have enabled us to put the relevant infrastructure that is needed uh, for the university to get the charter. And because of the charter, the public has now entrusted us much more and we're able to get many more students and the student population has increased to now 1,350. Loving Hearts Babies Home has been in existence for the last 14 years and we've reached out to more than 600 babies. This wouldn't have been possible without Servants Heart Foundation, Marina's Church, Children's Hunger Fund and other well-wishers that have supported us for all the years. We are so happy to have known you, to work with you and to partner with you. May God continue to bless all the works of your hands. Happy 20th anniversary. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, Irene, do you mind standing up and waving? This is my wife of 29 and a half years. And it's very, very exciting to be here. Uh, what a beautiful church that you are. Do you know this is an amazing facility? It's great. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I've been to the other uh, place yesterday. And I want to say this is a great place to expand. Praise the Lord. This is a great step of faith. I can't wait to come back and all the seats will be filled next time. Praise the Lord. We're into great business of the gospel. Praise God. Uh, the video that you've just watched is a video that uh, we, we arranged recently to summarize uh, for our friends around the world who have been uh, in partnership with us for the last so many years for the things that God has done around the country of Uganda. And uh, so it's a, it's a summary. And uh, you may wonder, how do we do what we do? It's all because of relationships, because of friends, and because of partnerships. So we wanted to celebrate by showing that, uh, those examples. So um, I'm, as I travel around the world, I share what God is doing and I invite churches, I invite individuals to walk with us in this amazing journey. 
Actually, today, uh, our pastor will be able to tell us some more. We have an opportunity to actually get involved in sponsoring a child. This is a program that we started about uh, 30 plus years ago where we help children find hope and a future by partnering a child with a sponsor. And this has helped change lives. Over the years, we've seen God uh, raising young men and women. Uh, some of these have become doctors. Some of them have become social workers, have become teachers. Uh, some of them actually, one of the young men told me he wants to be a president one day. I'm still waiting because our president has been on for 40 years. So, uh, so that's he's going to be a little bit longer because the guy is still continuing. But um, it's, it's a beautiful opportunity to walk alongside a person who has uh, been without hope to provide hope to them. And as Pastor has told you, we've been uh, into this church planting uh, business in a very, very long time. And we've seen God changing communities. This is what I know about the church. God uses the church not only to change us, but God uses the church to change communities. And I'm so excited to hear what you're doing in your community to actually serve the least of these. Keep doing that because it changes everything. So today, at the end of the service, you will have the opportunity to go and actually pick a paper and consider supporting a child because this is an amazing opportunity to walk with someone who is actually in trouble and showing them a future. So thank you so very much for this opportunity. Pastor Dallas, what a, a great opportunity for me to be here. And uh, I love you guys already. This is great. <laughs> Amen. Today I have a message for us. It's a message that, uh, that the Lord has been working on me uh, for some time. It's about, um, I would call it revival. That's the way I would probably summarize it. And, um, and this is a message for every one of us. Uh, for some of you who are here, probably you are searching for God. You've not yet found that strong relationship. But then I know for some of us, we've been walking with God for many years. And when you walk with God for many years, sometimes you grow tired and exhausted and you cease being as passionate and as effective in the service of the Lord. But then for others, uh, especially recently when we had COVID, for some others, because of what happened, uh, people's faith went down. And they lost the fire and the passion. But this is what I want to say to you, uh, my brothers and sisters. Uh, God has a big plan for us. We, we talk about it, but do we really realize it? He has an amazingly big, great, wonderful plan for each and every one of us. But what I've found, that that plan can only be accomplished if I'm in the right relationship with God. Because when I'm not in sync with a good relationship with God, I actually cannot walk into the promises of God. So that's why I felt that it, it would be good to share this message with you this morning. Our pastor has already prayed for us, so let me just go on and share the word. I would like us, if you don't mind, to go to the book of Psalms, chapter 42. 
uh, Psalms 42. And we're going to read this verse or this portion of scripture, which actually talks about a man who was seeking or, or hungry for God. Actually, my message is hunger and thirst for God. As the deer pants for the streams of water, my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with my God? My tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, where is your God? The things I remember as I pour my soul, as I pour my soul, how I used to go with a multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with the shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember from the land of Jordan, the heights of Hammon, from the Mount of Mizar. What a beautiful portion. It shows uh, the, the conflict, the hunger, the, 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 a season where this man of God, and I, and I believe it was David, he was in a season where he was not where he is supposed to be and was longing to go back to that space, that season where he used to enjoy his God. Because he says, I remember in verse 4, how I used to pour my soul. How I used to go with the multitude. Some people tell us that this was a season when he was running away from King Saul. Others say it was a season when he was running away from one of his sons. But whatever it was, he was not in a place where he used to be. And he says it so well. He says, my, my soul pants for you. And he compares this panting to a deer panting for water. I've ever had the opportunity to go to Israel with my wife. We, had, we went on a, uh, on, a, on a tour of Israel. It was such a beautiful tour. And, and, and I remember going to this place which was uh, full of rocks. And you wouldn't expect anything there. Rocks dry in the desert. And deep in the valley, there was a little stream of water. And there were so, some few little grass uh, down there. And as we were speaking, uh, someone was showing us, we saw this little deer on the rocks, just walking very tiny. And this is what came back to my, my mind. Can you imagine this? animal in the dryness of Israel. Can you imagine longing for water and you have to walk for miles and miles and miles to find water? Now the psalmist here is talking about that when you find a great relationship with God, it is as though you have been a thirsty man or woman finding water in a desert. 
But then he describes that season when he was away from God. He was not in connection with God. And he says that my soul is downcast. Whenever you're in season when you're not in sync with God, usually your soul is not at peace. The joy of the Lord is very scarce for people like that. Worship is usually a drudgery. It is hard. Even sharing your testimony is very, very difficult. That's what the psalmist was talking about. Now remember, I'm talking about hunger and thirst for God. And I want to give you a quote that I read somewhere. And this man was talking about man's need for God. And this is what he said. He says, we have multiplied our positions, but we have reduced our values. He said, these are times of tall men and short in character. They have a lot of profits, but they are shallow in relationships. He said, these are days where people have two incomes, but divorce is very common. They have beautiful houses, but they have broken homes. He says, we have learned to make a living, but we have failed to make a life. He says, we have added years to life, and that's true. I've always said to people that people in the Western world don't die until COVID came, by the way. Because people here can live 80s and 90s and even 100s. So people have actually learned how to add to life but not having real life. We have worked on clean air, he says, but we have polluted souls. And friends, these are days where people are empty. People are lonely, broken relationships, shattered dreams. Alcohol abuse is common. I don't know about about this country, but I hear in America, marijuana is now uh, accepted as everyone can take it. I've never thought that that could ever happen. Friends, there are things that society has accepted. Unfortunately, the things that society has accepted have also become accepted in the church, which is not right. God is saying, I want to bring life back to the church. I want to bring life back to the church. But it starts with a search of our hearts. Where are you in your relationship with your God? So let me talk a bit about thirst for God. And I want to start by giving you a few testimonies that I've read along the way, mainly from Scripture. But there's a man, before I read Scripture, called Augustine, St. Augustine. This is what he said. He said, you have made us for yourself, and our souls are restless until we rest in you. Our souls are restless until we rest in you. So the quotations are made ahead. Those are quotations of people who have tried to seek after Peace through money, through drugs, through sex and other things, but they've not got that peace. And that's where 
we who are believers, we have actually the solution to what people are looking for out there. Our souls are restless until they rest in God. Now, Isaiah chapter 26 says this, verse 8. Your name and renown are the desires of our hearts. My soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, my spirit longs for you. This is the writing of a thirsty man. Your name is my desire. And my soul is thirsty until I find you. Psalm 63 verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. Honestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So thirst for God is a void that every person has that needs satisfaction. But many people do not know how to get it. God has put a space within our soul which can only be filled with God. Unfortunately, many people don't know that, so they try to fill this gap with other things. That's what makes people drink until they are dead drunk. That's what makes uh, men try to seek joy by looking for this woman and this woman and this woman, but they never get what they want. It's what makes leaders in countries, especially Africa, who want to get power, power, power. But that power does not actually satisfy them. God is saying, I want to satisfy your hunger. Praise be to God. I want to satisfy your hunger. He's saying, you cannot put your trust in things. I want you to put your trust in me. The apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, if by any means I am attained to the resurrection of the dead. Now, all of you know about Paul. He was a very interesting man. If you are talking about education, he was one of the most education, educated people. Not only that, he says, I'm a Jew of Jews. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. And he says, concerning zeal, I was very zealous. And then he got an encounter with God. You remember. And when he got an encounter with God, he realized that what he was seeking for out there can only be found in God. And that changed his focus completely and changed his life. That's why he started realizing that the pursuit that he has in life is to pursue the knowledge of God and the power of the Holy Spirit working in him. To know God, and my prayer for us today, is that we not just be churchgoers, 
that will not just be people who say, I want to go to the house of God to just get a good time. But we will find God. We will be passionate for God. Because when we do, that's when we will become more effective in the service of our God. So now the question is, how does this thirst come? How do I become thirsty? Because it is thirst that lead me to seek after him. It is hunger that lead me to seek after him. How does it come? Godly hunger comes from a dissatisfaction with your current state of affairs. You get tired of being unproductive as a child of God. You get tired of being enslaved in habits that you know are not the best for your life. You feel empty without prayer. You say, no, I need to seek God. There is that dissatisfaction about your prayer life, about your worship life. You start checking yourself. So this morning, I want to ask you, to make a personal evaluation about your life. Are you happy with your prayer life? Are you happy with your relationship with God? Do you feel the joy of the Lord when it comes to worship? When is the last time you shared your faith with an unbeliever? Do you trust God when, when, when problems come? Where do you run fast? When, when you're indebted, do you run to the bank or you first run to your knees and, and ask God? When is the last time you visited this book? So real thirst comes when we are dissatisfied with where we are now. It is when we start realizing that we are empty. I had a very interesting experience during COVID, and, and all of you had your own experiences. Actually, COVID uh, was very tough, in, even in our home, because uh, during COVID, many people ended up gathering in my home. So at one time, we had 13 people in our compound, and nine of us got COVID. That was tough. My wife was badly hit by COVID. But during that time of COVID, uh, Uganda was in a very tough spot because as a nation, we probably were a country which was more locked than other countries. We did not go to church. We are not allowed to go to church for six months. And then they opened, and they say only 70 people. And then after that, they say only 200. And then after that, they locked us again for another four months. And then it was tough and terrible. Kids didn't go to school for two, uh, for two years. It was tough. It was very difficult. But when they locked us, they actually said, you cannot even drive. So it's only the, the big trucks that take food and the hospital uh, uh, vehicles that could move. So every one of us was stuck at home. It was difficult. But as a pastor, I had to, do, I had to work. I had to walk to, from home 
to church and do the recording so that at least we serve people. And during that time, we realized that people were starving because they're being told not to go to work. So I said, Lord, people cannot starve. What do we do? So I started sending messages to our church members and said, if you have some food, um, we have motorcycle taxis back home. Uh, please call a motorcycle taxi. We call them border borders. Put some food there. Bring it to church. We'll find a way of taking people uh, some food who are starving. And then after a few days, we realized the problem is bigger than what we can. So I started writing to all my friends from around the world. Please help us. People are starving. People from all countries, including Canada, sent us some money to be able to feed people. So we got permission. We bought truckloads of food. We started distributing food all over the country. At the end of COVID, we had distributed food to a quarter of a million people. It was, it, was, it was big, but it was very stressful. So after about two and a, uh, two, two and a half months, I felt so drained. Because every day, I had to coordinate that. Then I had to prepare a message that we had to put on social media and put on radio and TV. It, it was difficult. Uh, because we were walking, I lost all my weight. It was... <laughs> and then I got so exhausted, I realized I had got into what you call a burnout. I lost appetite. I didn't want to, to, to eat. And then... I lost a desire for prayer. I, I lost, it's like I realized that I had given up, I'd given out and given out and given out, but I was not receiving. So I found myself in what you call empty. It was so frightening that I would go to bed and everyone in the house is sleeping. I'm wide awake. And, and, and I didn't know what to do. Then I realized that as was giving and giving, I was not receiving. I was not receiving. And I realized that COVID hit when I had, going, I had been going through the same season. I was busy doing the ministry of God, but not busy with God as my passion and my love. I love the song you sang this morning. Loving Jesus for the sake of loving him. Because when we do, he actually loves us back. So friends, it is that season that led me to start searching for myself. I told my wife, I want to stop. I told my ministry team, at that time they had allowed us to open up a little bit. So I told my team, I'm not going to preach, I'm not going to teach, I'm not going to get out of my house until I find God. I felt dry. So friends, hunger comes when you realize that you're empty. But also, it happens when sometimes you fall into trouble. Mr. David found himself in trouble. He had an experience where he actually fell into sin. And when he was confronted with his sin, he realized he needed God. And immediately, he started seeking after God. And that's what we find in the book of Psalms 51, 
where he goes after God and repents and says, God, I, I, I want you. I want to restore the joy of my salvation. So sometimes it is what we fall into that gives us. But also sometimes it is having, uh, getting a, an experience, unexpected experience. You know, in the book of Isaiah chapter 6, this is what David, uh, sorry, this is what uh, Isaiah says. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. And he says, he was highly lifted up. And he talks about how he was sitting on his throne. That's what he says. That's what happened when King Uzziah died. And then he started seeing God as he is. Now, I don't know. Uh, about uh, uh, this man, but probably he was serving in the kingdom. Maybe he was a relative of the king. Whatever it was, Isaiah had an encounter with God when something big happened in the kingdom. And the Bible says, then I saw God. This is my prayer, that we will see God. Amen. Because when we find God, Everything about us changes. So this event gave him a divine moment to reflect on his life. He saw God. And when he saw God, he saw himself. Because he said, when I saw God, I realized I'm a sinner. Many people walk in sin because they've not had an experience with God. You can't see God and not see yourself. And then he had an encounter with God. And actually he had the voice of God. God spoke to him. There are so many brothers and sisters who walk through life. have never had direction about their lives. But when you have that season of hunger and seek after God. God for sure will speak to you. So now the question is how do I satisfy my soul? How do I get this hunger going away? How? The first thing is, I need to come to Jesus. Praise be to God. When I was going through my season of a burnout, I told my wife, I know I need to go before God. He's the only one who can help me. And I went. And this is my call to you. When you're going through this season, when you don't understand what is going on, go to the Lord. He is the answer to your cries that you have. And we have to come personally to God. We may go, yes, as a church, but we start with going personally to God. And boldly saying, God, this is what is going on. I feel I'm far away from you. I need you. But the other way is waiting upon God. Now, this waiting thing is not very easy in North America. You know, when I first came to your country, I found something called a microwave oven. <laughs> At first, I thought it is, it's a TV because it has something like a screen. And then later on, I found it's something that cooks. Interestingly, you could put something there and you press a button. In one minute, the thing is boiling. I said, my goodness, this is amazing. 
So now you have instant coffee, you have instant popcorn, you have instant everything. What I found, the relationship with God is not instant. It's a journey of getting closer and closer to God. And the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. This is my prayer for the church in North America, that we will learn to wait. The other day someone told me in America, we are going to fast and pray. And then he said, consider what you will fast. Maybe you will fast sweets and maybe you will fast sugars. I said, okay. For us, when we fast, we stop eating. <laughs> That's what we do. And we don't just stop eating. We go on our knees and you close your door and say, I don't come out until I find you. My prayer is that God will take us back to where our ancestors were, where they went on their knees and they sought after God and they found God. Because when you find God, you find your future and you find everything about yourself. It is lingering in that presence. It is saying, I will not stop seeking after God because my hope is in God. But what happens when a soul is thirsty and is on fire for God? The joy of the Lord is restored. That's what I found. There will be an evident glow in your face. People will know that you're a person who is on fire for God. People are seeking after God. You can see them in their face. The zeal for God returns. The joy for worship returns. I've been to, to your churches in North America, and it's so interesting. The band plays, and the music is good, and people just, they're watching. And I say, man, we have to rock the house. God is moving. But let me tell you this, when you're excited about what God is doing, you can't help but dance, but clap, but because God is good. And friends, when God, when you have that experience with God, God changes you. There are habits that we can't change. There are things we, but when you have that encounter with God, you change. And when you change, people see it. And it is changed people that change others but also the Holy Spirit begins to move he moves God starts using you in ways you have never even experienced God starts doing miracles signs and wonders your passion and your love for God will be evident you will actually be infectious People on fire for God are infectious. You can't live with them and stay the same. So this is my prayer. As God leads you as a church to reach this community, that each one of you, you will be on fire for God. And if you're not, you'll be hungry enough until God satisfies you. And you as a congregation, that you will realize that you are on a mission to change the city, and to change the nation. And you will not be satisfied until the move of God is flowing in this house. So this is my prayer for you, that you will be hungry for God. That has been my, my calling, my desire, 
And I have seen God doing amazing things in my life when I have gone back on my knees. God bless you. Can we pray? Father, thank you for allowing us to speak this morning. Thank you for my brothers and my sisters. Thank you for the calling that you've given this church to make a difference in this city, in their community, and in this nation. I pray that the revivals we read about will be found even in our congregation today. I pray that we will find you. Because when we do, we'll find the joy of our lives. So Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, let's give Pastor a round of applause. Thank you so much. That was rich. Did you notice that it wasn't just rich, it was seasoned? That there's a, a depth of experience and it's like a grandfather speaking to the house. And so thank you, brother and sister, for coming to be with us today. And we do want to grow in that love with Jesus. You heard pastor say that I would come up and talk about the child sponsorship. The benefit that we have over the United States is that when we sponsor a child, we give way more, send way more to heaven as a reward. <laughs> so we sponsor, they may sponsor children for 15 or 20 bucks, but we sponsor for $40 a month. And so that means you're sending more on in advance. So you don't have to feel bad, you celebrate. And uh, if you've never sponsored a child before, or if you currently sponsor and you're ready to add on to that, you can sponsor children to go to school and to be fed in Uganda under the oversight of Pastor Peter and Africa Renewal Ministries. And if you're wondering if the money gets there, the QR code that you see, have seen on the screen, you can get it at their table at the back on a piece of paper. That money goes through our friends and our um, sister church in Winnipeg at Church of the Rock. They have a ministry set up where that will flow through good and legal channels to get there and be taken care of. So I encourage you to go to the back and to sponsor a child. Our sponsorships actually closed for a, another ministry a couple years ago and we haven't done it yet. So if you want to join us in sponsoring a child, we plan to get on the train pastor today. At the back, too, you'll see a lot of beautiful crafts and handiwork. Bill Blackman, did you actually get a set of oven gloves from your wife yesterday? She got earrings. She was going to buy her, what his, her husband oven mitts, and she came out with earrings. So I guess it's the thought that counts. Well done, Bill. Gentlemen, follow Bill's motive and go buy your wife some earrings or a shopping bag or something back there. They're beautiful colors, uh, stuffed animals, things like that. Uh, forgive me, uh, Hannah and Daniel, I forgot to mention, also next week after church, while there's the Connections Lunch, there is also the Young Adults Fellowship. And so if you're a new young adult, you have a choice to make, and you can't make the wrong choice. So one way or the other, you'll be there. That's after church next week. After this service, as we close, 
uh, you can join us in the second theater to pray for me once again. And just as a heads up, the programs keep running throughout the week this week, but a number of us staff and leadership are actually going to the Lifelinks Conference in Winnipeg. So uh, please be praying for those that are leading things here in the city. And if you're volunteering or committing, committing, please do all that you can to be there to help cover any gaps. And please pray for us as we go to Winnipeg to uh, learn and be encouraged and meet with others. We will send out the live stream link and you can actually join us with a, for a bunch of the, the conference sessions that will be taking place. We'll share that with you. Amen? Let's stand. I'll try to do something scary that I don't normally do and lead you in a song to end. <laughs> Pastor challenged us with passion. Let's just close our eyes and close with that song that we sang before, I Love You, Lord.